0: Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mala! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved
1: patrol
0: is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol related podcast, where each episode we talk long and lovingly, as always, about our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks, and you can send us emails to waitingfordoom at gmail.com. Now we are on Facebook in the usual way that things are on Facebook, and you can also look at my greatest adventure, 80.blogspot.com, which is Doug Savish's fantastic Doom Patrol blog. And all our episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and where else? Potbean.com, I think.
0: True, correct, well done. Yes, hello, I'm Mike, you can find me on Twitter at avantgarde. you can also find on Twitter our sentient show account, who is Wilfred, he's at WFDPod, g'day Wilfred, you cheeky scamp you. What does that even mean, human? And as always, we are proudly brought to you by Comicosity.com.
1: Yeah, if you go to Comicosity this week, there is a very interesting interview with Steve Orlando about his Ooh. new comic, Electric Warriors, from DC, and... Yes, Steve Orlando, the uh, one-man nostalgia machine, uh, (laughs) mining the rare and uh, rarely visited corners of the DC universe and Mm. bringing back the gold and uh, shaping it into new and exciting forms. So, yeah, I've always liked... um, Well, uh, everything I've read of Steve Orlando's has been interesting to uh, bordering on great and somewhere in that range. So, uh, you know, Electric Warriors doesn't really you know uh, what is that i don't know um but this looks interesting and you know there's there's a dominator from the invasion so who doesn't oh. want want to see them in action okay yeah so interesting interesting looking comic and uh yeah one to check out and it's six issue miniseries and i think it, it's out this week now and you can or out last week perhaps um you can read that interview and decide if you want to invest in it Cool. Or just read it for fun if you're not an investor,
0: <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, Paul, how has your weekend been since we last spoke? Ah,
1: uh, yes, I've been reading comics. I've read some Marvel. You you think of me and you just think Marvel reader, don't you? Ah, uh,
0: not usually, no. no. no.
1: <laughs> I've been reading uh, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, which oh, is okay. Uh, Chip Sadarsky's, um Spider-Man series. So I've just heard some good stuff about it. And uh, I have been reading the first volume, and it is very enjoyable. Um, a really, really, um, the, just the stuff that Peter says. Like, he's a total motor mouth in this. He cannot shut up, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really enjoying that. Cool. Um, and it has art by uh, one of the top five cubits, so I couldn't tell you which one. But... Uh-huh. Right.
0: That one. Yeah, sure. One of them. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Mike? Um, I uh, haven't read a lot uh, since we last caught up. Uh, Still slowly getting through the Elfquest stuff. Um, The vast majority of my time of late has been taken up with my Warhammer 40k miniatures addiction. Games Workshop brought out a new game called Speed Freaks, which is Imagine Mad Max, but with Orcs.
1: Oh, I thought it was about uh, drug users, but okay. Uh,
0: no, <laughs> not quite. So, uh, and that has um, added more vehicles and figures to my Orc army. So I've been playing a bit of Warhammer 40k quite a lot and having a grand old time doing that. But yeah, I um, haven't picked up anything new of late. Uh, still getting through ElfQuest and enjoying that. Um, and and yeah, I guess we do have to mention uh, the passing of Stan Lee last week as well. Um,
1: yeah, very sad. But very uh, sad, yeah. But... A really good inning, so no one can say he was only here for a little while.
0: Yeah, look, 95 um, is is a great landmark to to hit, and his influence um, will, you know, it's had a lasting effect on on our favourite medium. Um, Yeah, and
1: all his major creations created over the age of 35. So, um, you know, you youngins, (laughs) there's plenty of time. (laughs)
0: There's hope for us
1: yet, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Sure A bit late for me, but uh, for the rest of you,
0: <laughs> it's never too late, Paul. It's never too late.
1: Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But it was it was lovely to see the outpouring of love and affection for Stan um, across uh, Twitter, in particular. Twitter. Yes. Became very nice for a day.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was quite pleasant to see.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh dear. Anyway, how about we move on and have a look at what's happening in the News Patrol? News Patrol.
1: Okay, so looking at the Doom Patrol news of the TV show, etc. A um, few new pictures, nothing much to talk about. Um, but uh, I, I was assisting the local police. Um, someone had um, stolen, you know, illegally downloaded the episode. Um <gasps> Oh, no. Yeah, uh, they called me in to identify what it was because they weren't sure. So I I watched it on behalf of the local police. And I believe they asked you to as well, didn't they? Uh,
0: Yeah, I was brought in uh, as uh, apparently um, it had made its way to my state as well. So um, really sad state of affairs. Uh, I'm glad we were able to help out the local constabulary in their investigations. Um, Yeah, so, you know.
1: It's um, all in the pursuit of uh, law enforcement, but we have both watched the episode, the Titans Doom Patrol episode, episode four, Mm. and uh, bloody hell, wasn't it good?
0: It was so good! (laughs) It was was funny because I just didn't care about the Titan stuff at all, really, Yeah. Uh, yeah, but the Doom Patrol stuff, I was like, yes, give me more of that, give me more of that. It was so well done. I couldn't get over how good it was.
1: Yeah, and such a, a an odd tone that, you know, really made you think, yeah, these are really weird uh, heroes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, Rita in particular, oh, how good was Rita? I, mean,
0: I, I love the fact that uh, they've taken something from Volume 5 um, and had it on screen as well. It's not just, you know... Um, the 1960s reader stuff it's it's yeah. that, that giffen clark moment uh in her room which i was just floored by I was like holy cow they've taken bits from everything it was so cool yeah yeah, yeah. and she's
1: a big pink burrito
0: <laughs> yes yes a big blobby burrito mm, yum yum. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah but
1: i'm um, all around uh, well done well done jeff johns what a what a good episode and um yeah it bodes very good for the, the future of that mm. Doom Patrol show that's coming. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, I'm a bit... You're right that the tone of, of the team was kind of odd, and I, in a way that Titans were like our introduction and our point of view of the team, and I wonder if they're going to have... Because I know Cyborg's going to be in the Doom Patrol series itself, and I wonder if he's meant to be like, hey, I'm the normal type of superhero, and look at these oddballs. Mm. Or, or if they're going to have someone else come in, maybe I, I, I don't know. So, but if they can keep that tone, and to, to think we've still yet to meet Jane in it as yeah. well. So wow, it's. But I think yeah, onwards and upwards. It, it was such a great episode, and I'm glad we were able to help the police. Yeah, <laughs> in their yeah. investigations, yeah. port Yeah, doing yeah. our uh, civil duty. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, you know, solving crime. <laughs> and
0: so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: High fives all round
0: for us. Yep, there we go.
1: Cool. (laughs) Um, Is that some ticking that I have heard in the background? It is.
0: Yes. Well done. Your ears are working quite well, and it is the Doom Clock. Sweet. So yes, as we look upon the face of the Mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it has been just over two weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, that being Issue 12 of Volume 6, from Gerard Way, Jeremy Lambert, Dan McDade, Ron Villain, Nick Derrington, Todd Klein, Molly Mahan, and Mark Doyle. That issue saw the Reynolds family fighting to free the Demonscape from Margot the Demon Lord, and we discussed this issue back in Episode 131. Issue 13 is at this stage date scheduled for i don't
1: know yeah could be could be Ho- hopefully before we die yeah
0: yeah you yeah. know look it's it's been a while since we've had a good build up on the doom clock you know so um yeah well
1: speculating i would say that if there's a TV show coming they're going to want a you know some sort of relaunch on the on the mm. times uh, you know for the synergy
0: mm mm-hmm. my yeah. concern yeah i, I think they'll do something like that but my concern is whether they'll do a brand new relaunch that ties in closer to the TV show or whether they'll continue on with what's been set in volume six
1: yeah but mm-hmm. we do have uh, confirmation that uh, the co-writer on the last issue is going to be uh, the, the new co-writer ongoing so that's uh, oh, okay. Dan, Yeah, Jeremy Lambert
0: nice J Lamb, J Lamb. That's what we're calling him,
1: is it? Yeah, <laughs> you go J Lamb. You're doing
0: well. <laughs> right, uh, and this week in Doom Patrol history. Now, Paul, do you want to do the the guessing game again?
1: Oh, yes,
0: yes. You so do. I'm not, I am. Yeah, yeah you do. Um, okay. How are we going to do this? Um, all right. The title of the issue consists purely of numbers.
1: Uh, Doom Troll 67.
0: No. Oh. No. It involved magic.
1: Mm. The Gathering.
0: No. Oh. <laughs> uh, it involved some people falling out of a window and falling into love.
1: <gasps> okay. It's, um, uh, it's Jared Way. It's around, what, issue four or five of the, uh, volume six.
0: You are so close. It was Issue 9. Oh. Of six. oh. You did well, though. You did well. Yeah. So it's going on sale for three ninety nine on November 22nd of 2017, With the cover date of January 2018 was Issue 9 of Doom Patrol Volume 6 from Jared Way, Nick Derrington, Tom Fowler, Tamara Bonvillain, Todd Klein, Maggie Howell, Jamie Esrich, and Tula Lute provided the variant cover. This story was titled 99999999. That's all the numbers, uh, which was part two of the NADA storyline, and gave us the proper introduction of The Disappointment, uh, the surge in magical powers for Lucius Reynolds, uh, Casey and Terry falling out of a window and into love, and the return of Mr. Nobody as he introduced us to his all-new Brotherhood of NADA.
1: Ah, good times.
0: It was, was good times. We covered this issue back in episode 112 from November of 2017. A year ago that's um yeah uh, it took us a year to get three issues out
1: hmm yeah, it's a big, busy year yeah.
0: <laughs> just call it doom patrol quarterly or something yeah um, so yes episode 112 has more details on that specific issue so you can check that out for more and that is it for the doom clock this week <laughs>
1: Do you want to feel more like a part of your favorite comic book podcast? Well then join me, David, and my co-host Dane over on Comic Trades Monthly, where every month we talk about a volume of your favorite comic series. Just like a book club format, we go through the ins and outs of character, plot, and story arc in general as to what it means today. So come over to Comic Trades Monthly and tell us what you think of the next volume that we're gonna be reading. I
0: can't wait to see you there. And now it's time for everyone's favourite segment of the show, Doomsplaining, where we take a deeper dive into two issues from a Doom Patrol run. This week, we are returning to Volume 3 from John Arcudi and Tan Huat. Uh, we are looking at issues 19 and 20 on the home stretch of this run, and Paul is going to kick us off with issue 19. Take it away. Okay,
1: yeah, we're going to need uh, previously in the Doom Patrol at this point to get because mm. uh, it's been a little while. So um, the Doom Patrol has fragmented after turning on each other in the wake of Dorothy Spinner's death and uh, the machinations that she was doing in her subconscious. So uh, Cliff Steele has quit the team and left to visit his brother. Uh, Shailene Lau, who we know as, uh, Fever, the temperamental hot-handed woman, uh, has, is so upset that she, um, is also leaving and she's being followed by the lovesick Vic Darge, who's the friction-negating kid Slick, but in her agitated state, she gave him severe burns and blew up a taxi, um, Anyway, Ava, a.k.a. Freak with the tentacle parasite thing that she, is attached to her, she is so fixated on Ted as her only friend and that she has shut out all others. Uh, but unfortunately, subject of affections Ted, or Ted Bruder, a.k.a. Fast Forward, a.k.a. Negative Man 2, uh, is searching for a solution to the team's breakdown, and he attempted to extend his future site beyond the 30 seconds that he usually gets, um, which resulted in him seeing multiple potential futures all at once, which immediately sent his mind into a state of seizure. Resident team mad scientist Dr. Colin Denko does his best to treat Ted. Um, Shailene surrenders to inaction at the behest of the purple purposeless uh, who she meets in hospital uh, and then she gets arrested and then she gets freed by uh, Thayer Jost um, and Vic who's recovered. But while all this is going on, a blind Vietnam vet, Tycho Bray, who clashed with the team in issues four and five of this same run, has been collecting ancient artifacts from China for nefarious reasons. <sighs> hmm. <laughs> now, let's uh, find out what's happening in issue 19, which is entitled Unwilling Spirits. And it has on the cover a um, Tycho Bray doing some kung fu into Cliff's head. Um yes. Yes, and it says Home Invasion, uh, though technically it's in a backyard, because Ted is being watched by uh, a little girl who turns out to be his niece, Beth. Um, Anyway, but this one is written by John Arcudi, the awesome John Arcudi, it has art by Tannin Hewitt, it's lettered by Bob Lappin, it's coloured by Dave McCaig, not Craig McDave, Um, (laughs) it's Edited by the fantastic Andy Helfer. It uh, when it came out, according to the cover, it says June 2003, but in reality it came out on April the 2nd, 2003. It's just like a poorly timed April Fool's joke. Um, and it has a cover price of $2.50, which is a, quite a bargain for an awesome comic like this. Anyway, let's get into it. Uh, so Cliff is staying with his brother Randy and Randy's wife Helen and he is helping their little girl Beth in the garden when the serenity is destroyed by to- Tycho Bray riding an ornate jade horse into the yard. Cliff grabs Tycho's spear and flips him off the horse and then Cliff grabs Beth and rushes her to safety inside to where Randy and Helen are. And Helen asks Cliff who was that and Cliff confesses to never having seen him before and Tycho's blind so he's never seen Cliff before too. Um, <laughs> but that's irrelevant Um, suddenly a jade ornate bear Kool-Aids its way through the wall and pins Cliff to the floor Tycho accuses Cliff of lying unaware that the last Cliff he faced was actually imaginary Cliff conjured by Dorothy's subconscious and as the bear pushes Cliff harder against the floor Cliff gazes into its jade eyes and recognises his old teammate Gar Logan, aka Beast Boy (laughs) (laughs) So Gar's under Tycho Bray's control. How did this come to happen? So we flash back to find out. Uh, we see Gar completing a grape jam commercial, shoot as a donkey, and he's going to be decolorized in post. Uh, on his way to the car, he is ambushed by Tycho Bray. They tussle briefly as Gar takes the form of a lion and then a tiger and finally a T-Rex till the demon now yaps appears and stabs gar with his ridiculously large sword as the sword slides bloodlessly into gar a demonic wisp floats off the handle and into gar changing his appearance to that of a stylized jade t-rex and now yut tells tycho that gar is perfect you're better than we had hoped now possessed by the guardian spirit of jade gar now and tycho fly off now yut back from beyond how did this come to happen Uh, So we find out in a flashback to earlier, where Tycho has the mummified corpse of Nu Yu Tu, no, now Yu Tu, that was sent from China to Vietnam and finally to Texas, when he brought it from the general store after it waited 70 years for him to find it. Uh, He tipped the bags of his own blood that he stole from the blood bank over the mummy, causing it to burst back to life, possessed by the giant demon now Yat. Uh, now Yat summons his sword, which is with the police lockup back in San Vicente, and the sword that Tycho forged from the seven pieces of armor. That's the, that's the sword we're talking about. Uh, each possessed by the seven enslaved spirits. Uh, now Yat thanks Tycho for his faithfulness and resourcefulness, and thrust the, sto- the, and thrust the sword into Tycho's chest, transferring the spirit of the blacksmith. Uh, to Tycho, remember the blacksmith from our China story back in issue when was that 18? I I think so yeah yeah Uh, yeah. Uh, restoring his sight Uh, Tycho thanks now and then they plan their next move and the other hosts are mostly back east but two are nearby these being Gar Logan and Cliff Steele so I think we're all caught up on the flashbacks now
0: thank goodness Mm. yes
1: Mm. yeah flashbacks are a bit of a dirty word around here lately
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes yes my, my eye is not twitching at all (laughs)
1: that's <laughs> that word. Yeah. Uh, back in the present, Cliff apologizes to Garb for shoving him off and back through the intact wall behind him. Uh, he turns to take out Tycho floating in the room observing when now Yut smashes through another wall, hurling Cliff onto the grass outside. So we've lost three walls. That's the count of damage wall. <laughs> um, he raises the sword and plunges it all the way through Cliff's chest as Tycho does his uh, incantation spell, which they look really cool. They look like swirling text around him, uh, yeah. around him. It's very interesting. Uh, after a moment, now Yat declares nothing, and Tycho responds, "But it should have worked for possession. The host doesn't need flesh; only a spirit to control." Uh, and now says, "A riddle, and no time to solve it. Take me to San Vincente to the others." And now Yat, and he, and Tycho, and Gar—they all fly away. Uh, Gar as a bird, which makes it easier to fly. <laughs> mm. uh, dazed and damaged in the wreck- wreckage, Cliff futilely tells them to wait uh later when the police arrive randy is patching cliff's damaged chest uh we get the impression he's done this before uh beth is terrified of cliff now realizing that he isn't actually a human he's um something that can be stabbed with a sword and still walk around um and randy has lent cliff money for a plane ticket because it's that type of comic where people have to catch planes to go places and help him. uh cliff you don't have to go Cliff says, are you kidding me? Look at your house, Randy. I was stupid coming here, bringing that insane world with me to wreck your lives. I'm not going to do that to you ever again. Anyway, you heard them, didn't you? They're heading to San Vicente for the others, the Doom Patrol, and I have to go. That house is going to be paid for, Randy. That's a promise. I love you, little brother. And then he leaves. And the end.
0: Aww.
1: Aww. So, we're back to the action.
0: Aren't we just yeah
1: so uh good to see uh demon now yup back in action he's he's got a bit of a tiger thing going he's a tiger with a mullet sort of uh, yeah he, he se- thing. I, I
0: see he seems um well now that he's being reincarnated, i guess from his own body, he seems a lot um sleeker and stronger than when we last saw him somehow um but yeah, it, sometimes when a villain returns, you're kind of like oh, this guy again, but it's it's really cool to see Tycho and now Yacht, like, back in action and kicking ass, even though they're the bad guys.
1: Yeah, well, we never really got much of an idea of what uh, now's deal was last time. I mean, he mm. was just a demon that appeared, and then um, the spell got disrupted, and he vanished, so... uh yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, Tycho obviously learned from his uh, first failure and, um, you know, he's doing it proper this time and taking out his enemies one by one.
0: Yeah, and we finally get to see what was in that case that's been sitting around for 70 years. Anyway.
1: Yeah, it, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, now you too. You know, the mummified body of now you too.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Surprise, it's a demon.
1: <laughs> it's a demon. Um, <laughs> yeah, and but, I mean, I really like the interaction of uh, Cliff and Randy. I mean, it's not your typical, oh, you know, why did you bring all this damage to my house? I hate you. It's, you know, it's more, you know, loving and supportive, like, um, you know, brothers who have been through a lot. Mm. Yeah. Previously. Yeah. and I mean, and the fact that uh, Randy is patching Cliff up, you know, it looks like he's done this sort of thing before when, you know, things have gone badly for Cliff, so.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did feel sad for um Cliff when he gets stabbed uh, by Nayyut's sword, and they basically said, well, there's nothing there. He it, The spell didn't work and he mustn't have a spirit. And, you know, Cliff's sort of in it's a belching smoke and he's like pathetically saying, don't come back and, and fight me. You know, it's <laughs> like he still wants to take him on. Um, but I, I there's part of me that when I was reading that is like he... It's kind of been brought up before, like when they were fighting um, those demons in that hell pocket dimension that, you know, he he doesn't have a soul at all yeah and and that kind of that previous knowledge kind of makes that scene a bit sadder for me reading that um that he still wants to fight on even though he's not whole he's even less uh, there's even less of cliff in there you know than he thought which is a bit sad
1: yeah i mean like he's been you know died and recreated and turned into a computer and then given his um, you know, brain back, etc. So it's yeah. There's a bit of um, it's a bit of old mileage on Cliff. Really. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and in Milk Wars, they said he was um, fan fiction. So he wasn't even yeah. A <laughs> comic <laughs> character. <so. laughs>
0: yeah. He's been through a lot, poor old Cliff. You know? hmm. poor bastard. So, but but yeah, this is another great issue in this run. Uh, it, it's it's so cool to see the bits and pieces that we've seen from Tycho. Like when he stole his own blood from the blood bank and, you know, when he went and tracked down this case and to see it all come together now. And you're kind of like, oh, shit, he's, you know, getting his, his master back together and back in into our time and dimension sort of thing.
1: And what a sensible way, to, like if you needed your own blood to raise someone from the dead... It's a sensible way to go to the blood bank, donate the blood, um, you know, have it removed, you know, in a safe and uh, hygienic yeah. environment, and then steal it. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that—that's planning ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's some clever villainy right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if I ever needed a few bags of my blood, that'd be the best way to get them. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, it's I, I. I just wish that they would collect this volume again somehow yeah because um, it's 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 i think it's the underappreciated gem in the doom patrol history really Um yeah. and uh, i would love for more people to read it and, and to see it because arcudi and uh, and Huat are such a great team on this it's it's a shame they don't get more recognition for it
1: mm. yeah no it is a real pity and at least put it on comic uh, comicsology uh that would be yeah the least they could do yeah. yeah yeah but i mean as it is the only way to read this one right now on this date at this time is to go and find them in a comic back issue bin somewhere yeah or steal them from us
0: good luck on that second one um enjoy the hunt with the first one yes <laughs> <laughs> speaking of home invasion <laughs> <laughs> yeah um now there's another issue in there there is there is uh and i will take us through issue 20 which came out on may 7th of 2003 with a cover date of july of that year for a rather fairly priced two dollars fifty uh it was written again by john r Curdy tanning who it did the cover of it but the artist on this one was rick geary Uh, Bob Lappin did the letters, Dave McCaig did the colours, and the cover of this one has, in big letters, sell out, and it has uh, what can only be Robot Man's hand tapping the head of a Robot Man bobblehead, uh, accompanied by bobbleheads of Negative Man and Elastigirl.
1: These look very much like Funko Pops, I'm just going to say that right up.
0: That, yeah, a little bit.
1: Though yeah. so the DC ones don't have bobbles, the, the Marvel ones do. Right. right. Have, I, have I said too much?
0: No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we know you're into your Funko Pops. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, well, I, I do it, will admit that um, if these bobbleheads were available, I would purchase them because uh, they look kind of cool.
1: Well, uh, with the TV show on the way, mate, I think we will have uh, Funko Pops for the Doom Patrol before 12 months is out. That's my prediction. Market.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and uh, funny you should mention the TV show because it, um, it, it's timely that we get to this issue, yeah, as we'll soon find out why. Um, but yes, the, the bobblehead theme from the cover is continued on the first page, with the robot man bobblehead booted on top of it by a TV producer as he argues on the phone with someone about maintaining the integrity of the product and we can see that his office is littered with all sorts of Doom Patrol tie-ins, from the bobbleheads to posters to a remote-controlled Niles Calder in action chair toy, uh, (laughs) a Doom Patrol rubbish bin, and even Elastigirl soap. The producer continues his phone rant, saying they should focus on producing the show before taking on more licensing offers, like an Elastigirl herbal breast augmenter. The show is only four weeks away from the premiere, and they don't even have enough episodes to last until sweeps. And speaking of this TV show, we quickly cut to a scene from it, where the Doom Patrol are trying to subdue Sven Larsen, a.k.a. Molfex, huh, as he goes on a rampage in Mount Toba Psychiatric Hospital. And continuing the theme of, hey, that almost seems right but isn't quite there... The patrol we are shown is indeed the original team of Robot Man, Negative Man, and Elastigirl, but they're a little different. Larry is fully bandaged and has a black cape with pointed collar. Cliff has a mostly silver robot body, and Rita wears an outfit with pants and her hair is tied back in a long braid. The fight doesn't go well for the team, with Morphex escaping them in the form of a bee swarm. Cliff thinks to himself, this is insane, how did this all start? And that question is answered by another question which is, who cares how it started, this stinks, which is said by a suit-wearing gent in the middle of a writer's meeting at Thayer Studios. He's arguing with the writer of the episode we just witnessed, Paul Prosh, while Herman the fact-checker is upset that basic facts about the team are being ignored. Suit Guy is unhappy with the script, saying there's no character development, it doesn't suit what the director and crew are known for working on, and the cost of filming those first three minutes due to the smashing building, multiple special effects sets both indoor and outdoors. Good grief. Paul agrees to look at Suit Guy's notes on the episode and will return to Mount Tobar Psychiatric Hospital, where this time the doctors are trying to figure out how to treat their patient, Dr. Larson, who is bound in a straitjacket and is now Miss Larson, who comments that all her problems, the one who destroyed her life, is Robot Man, who is now her husband. What? Right, yes. Uh, We cut back to the writer's room, and Herman has lost his cool. He points out that Sven Larson was a man, his alias was Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, not Morphex, his grudge was against Calder, not Cliff, and Cliff was never married. Herman is clearly exasperated, asking if they know how much time and effort he spent researching the team, but his venting is largely ignored by Suit Guy, who admits he doesn't know anything about the patrol, and that Herman's work is mostly used just for story ideas. Later, Herman heads home to his apartment and we see his office is full of research work on the team, including newspaper front pages about the patrol pinned to the walls. Herman starts a new entry in a journal, saying that while he got a pay rise for his work, he feels like he sold out some friends to get it. He wonders how he could just sit there and let these bad stories be written about Cliff, Larry and Rita, and soon the whole country will be watching these lies about them. If only there was a little more care and time taken, maybe the writers could find out what really happened. And the final scene of the issue shows us, the reader, the truth. The original patrol, Robot Man, Negative Man and Elastigirl, are escorting a straitjacket Dr. Sven Larsen back into Mount Tobar Psychiatric Hospital. And when Rita tells Larsen that she can't believe his claim that the Chief stole his ideas and destroying the city was his act of revenge, Sven turns on them, saying the Chief is evil and that the patrol of all people should see that. While Chief saved Cliff Steele from death, Larson wonders exactly how alive he really is, as loneliness is about the only thing he can still truly feel. Rita could have returned to her acting career once she got control of her powers, and did she really need the Chief anymore? And Larry, he just wanted to be left alone, but Caller shoved him and his teammate out into the open. The Chief made them a public spectacle, there are already enough superheroes, and what purpose do the patrol possibly serve? Rita replies that the Chief wants the team to show the world how useful they are so they can be accepted by all. At this, Larsen laughs. Of course, that's what Calder wants, but you'll never be accepted as normal people because you're not. It's not just how you look, it's what you can do that makes you abnormal. And Calder keeps making you do it repeatedly as the world watches. For every feat the Patrol does, it just reminds everyone how different you are. You need to wake up.
1: Wake up, sheeple. (laughs)
0: Yeah, wake up, sheeple. As Larson is finally locked away in his padded cell, the patrol leave the hospital quietly, thinking about what he said, before admitting to each other that they're part of something special, despite his words. And just then, the chief's voice comes over at Cliff's radio unit, telling them that there's a disaster at a stadium and they're needed immediately. The team look at each other, and Cliff says, What am I going to do? Say no? And the three heroes race off to their next adventure. (laughs) Wow. Oh, <laughs> another mixed bag. They, these one, these ones are both kind of cool, but both kind of odd mixed bags. What did you think of this one, Paul?
1: Um, it smacks of filler to me a little bit. Like, uh, I I'm not really sure what it's trying to say. I mean, is it basically saying if you take something that you love and you see it translated into another medium, that it's going to be um bastardised and ruined, Um, Mm -hmm. perhaps it's saying that. I mean, that was probably more true of things when this comic came out than it is today. Um, We're, you know, we're in a world where the media and uh, have found that exploiting comic properties by making them more faithful to the sources is uh, equals money. Yes. (laughs) Whereas (laughs) back then, you know, everything sort of got homogenised and, you know, let's take, you know, just take the look and feel of the show but make it all you know easier to digest and you know let's assume it's not for comic fans but for every you know for people who just like tv yeah. shows with twists and mm. yeah so i wasn't really sure what it was saying um and just having the writer i mean is that a surrogate for john r Cootie and having to write about the doom patrol and you know how to yeah, it, it's interesting, and the fact that they use Sven Larson, Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, as the, you know, this the reinterpreted subject of, uh, the, you know, the antagonist for them is, it's, yeah, it, it, it's odd. It's all a bit odd. Yeah,
0: it, it is a bit odd. Yeah, I, it, it had me sort of thinking about, uh, you know, how, and, and you're right. You know, probably back in the day, um, it would have been more a case of how can we make this as profitable. As possible at the expense of the truth. And, you know, there will be, I guess, the passionate fans of whatever property who will point out, well, no, that thing is wrong. And those that are in control of that property will be like, we don't care. We just want to make money from it. Um, Which we've seen in all sorts of different fandoms and, you know, areas of of pop culture and media. So I found that kind of interesting. Um, It was also nice. I think for it to touch back on the original patrol as well, um, and have them point out, have it pointed out to them that you know, um, no matter what you do, you're still kind of weird, and it, it Larson's kind of pointing out at them that yeah, Calder's kind of playing you guys, um, and you know you need to be a bit more aware that he's not quite up, he, he's not quite what he seems either, um, so yeah, it would. I, It was a weird one um and yeah it it's a little bit of a filler issue i think um i think the team would have known that the end was nigh for this volume so it's a a nice i I didn't mind it um the art is really kind of cartoony in this though
1: yeah it's a bit um independent it's a bit there's something a bit uh furry freak brothers about it or something <laughs> a
0: little bit yeah almost in some of the panels it made me think of like something out of uh, mad magazine almost in in some of them um yeah. it's it's I, I i don't think i've ever seen anything uh by rick geary before but um i think he did a good job overall really the the, the final scenes with the the I guess, the true version of the story. Um, I think he did a cool job with the original Doom Patrol trio there. So, yeah, it's an um, it's, it's interesting couple of issues.
1: Yeah, I mean, this one's really just a, a meanwhile in the Doom Patrol TV show. So, we, yeah, But, I mean, who would imagine that we're in a world where a Doom Patrol TV show is imminent and we're covering a comic <laughs> about uh, the Doom Patrol getting turned into a TV show at the same time?
0: It's, <laughs> it's so weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, n- we n- Neither of us imagined this when we started this podcast.
0: No, Well, look, neither of us imagined there would be a volume six. You know, yeah, uh, true. That, uh, the the fact that that happens uh, is just a beautifully weird coincidence. And yeah, now we have a TV show. And now we're talking about a TV show in an issue. It's just, oh, my brain's melting. Mm. <laughs> Ah, uh, but yeah, I think yeah, uh, it, it's a nice little. Yes, it's kind of filler, but it's overall, it, it doesn't detract from this volume at all. It's a nice little meanwhile story, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah, doom
0: I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah good stuff. Mm. Cool. <laughs>
1: And now it's the part of the show where we go to the mailbag of doom, and we're going to look at uh, everybody's answers to the last question of the week, which was, what fictional something or other scared you as a child? What fictional something or other scared you as a child? And first we heard from Carl Benning at KB Likes Comics, and he said, uh, the original It miniseries, I fucking hate clowns. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would do it if you... <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that's a fair call. Yeah, Tim Curry. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I like that we got so many responses to this one. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yes, we then heard from J. David Weeter, at Dave Wheater on the Twitters, and he said, Ventriloquist dummies, because of the movie Magic. Mm. Um, and someone else p- p- mentioned the same movie and provided a clip to the trailer, and it just has this spooky-ass Ventriloquist dummy saying something about how he's going to take someone, the, the soul of whoever's lap he sits upon. Something weird like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. okay. Yeah, um, and, yeah, Kyle and Dave had a chat about Goosebumps and Slappy the Clown and things like that. (laughs) 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 Uh, Nathaniel Wayne from the Council of Geeks said, uh, the death of the Skeksis Emperor in the Dark Crystal. He just looked so epically sick and started crumbling. Ugh, still kind of shudder at
0: that. Yeah, that was messed up.
1: Mm.
0: Great movie there, uh, Saul Bishop at Saul Bishop said, "Dark Knight of the Scarecrow." Television movies were freaking disturbing in the eighties. <laughs> 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 haven't seen it, but yes, that's that's a good call about TV movies in the eighties. Yes,
1: yeah, no, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow doesn't sound like a romantic comedy. I'm just going to no. say. No. Uh, we heard from Scotty Lamb on Twitter. Hey, Scotty, I don't think we've heard from Scotty before. Oh, hey, Scotty, and he said uh, there was a TV movie version of King- Stephen King's *Salem's Lot*, uh, *Salem's Lot*, which scared me and caused several sleepless nights. Also, very little when I went to see *Bambi* and his mother's death was awful for me. Oh, I've no. never watched it again. Oh no!
0: <laughs> yeah, no.
1: I don't think I ever saw Salem's Lot, but I remember seeing the pictures in Starlog and things like that of right. um, the vampire kid floating outside the window, and was, mm. ugh, yeah. yeah, and um, Martin Gray provided us with a picture of what looks like the floating kid yeah. outside the window. <laughs> Thanks, window. Thanks, Martin. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yes, Bambi, oh God, I remember seeing that and every kid in the cinema was just, bawling their eyes out oh jeez. anyway uh tim price at tim price 17 replied with the original invasion of the body snatchers was aired on tv messed me all up
1: mm. Uh they're coming they're coming for us all <laughs> yeah no that's pretty bad that one um and a really good remake in the 70s of course well, have ah. you seen ah. no have you
0: not seen the re- not the remake no no oh you watch what mike I've seen the, uh, I think, the, saw the original years ago, and yeah, good stuff. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Uh, Susan Canary at Black Canary Zero Two said flying monkeys. So um, perhaps she's talking about The Wizard of Oz, or maybe a friend of hers had um, some monkeys in a catapult. Uh, oh, she's added to her tweet with When I was little, that movie played on TV every Halloween and freaked me out until I was 10. Um, so, yes, The Wizard of Oz, a very scary and terrifying film.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I learned just recently that in the 70s, the woman that played the witch from Wizard of Oz appeared on an episode of Sesame Street. And apparently well. she she was so terrifying to the kids that it was never repeated and never played ever again. It was wow. just locked away in the vault. Because <laughs> apparently, you know, she was setting to turn Big Bird into a feather duster and, you know, do your awful things to Mr. Hooper. So, oh
1: yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, messed up, messed up. We then heard from Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, Sean Ross, chiming in with two made-for-TV movies terrified me as a kid. One, When a Stranger Calls. Two, The Day After. How the hell did these air on national TV?
1: Uh, I, I remember The Day After and all the fuss about that, the post-nuclear Oh, uh, ah, ah, Right,
0: right, <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah, just a bit of radiation poisoning. and you ah, know, you know yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no quite horrific uh, the 80s was a good time for um, being scared of nukes <laughs> <Yeah>. wasn't it <laughs> yeah yeah um, our, one of our favourite doctors I won't fall into that trap again uh, Dr. Anne 70 and he said it's almost comical but the ending of the movie Audrey Rose freaked me out as a kid and as ridiculous as it is even now as an adult mental muscle memory makes me my skin crawl when I watch it <sighs> I'm not familiar with the, that film or the end of it. I, I've heard the name, but I've never watched
0: it. Yeah, no, not one that I'm, I'm aware of, uh, but I almost want to check it out now. <laughs> cause yeah. just, it just sounds creepy. Mm. Uh, okay, Moby... Wait, wait, wait. Can you
1: hear? Ange is writing us an email
0: right now. <laughs> Thanks, Ange. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Moby one at Schmoby One chimed in with, as a young kid, presumably a bit of a thumb sucker, my folks gave me an illustrated book called Peter, a horrific being called the Scissors Man, appears to young kids and cuts their thumbs off if they suck them. I can't believe my parents thought giving me this was a good idea. (laughs) Uh,
1: (laughs) Yes, and uh, obviously the inspiration for Grant Morrison's Scissor Men in Doom Patrol as well. Mm. Mm. Kingdom of Ash ruined me. Is that Katie? It is Katie. Hey, Katie Scarlet. Um, She said uh, Pee-wee's big house, whatever, don't judge me. (laughs)
0: Right, uh, okay. Each, each for their own, you know. Fair enough. Uh, M A Solco at M A Solco said the read along story book and the forty five record for the Dark Crystal. I was convinced if I touched an image, the evil creatures they would escape from the book and get me. Wow, yeah. that must have been a good record to go with. Yeah, it. yeah, wow. Yeah.
1: Uh, we have from Jay Powers at uh, B-bay Bear 24 and he said, uh, Poltergeist, never actually saw the whole movie, but they're, they're here, freaked me out, so much so that I was scared of the little girl who played Carol Ann. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is a creepy film. It is, it is, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Andy Macon. At Andy Indk said, "Cybermen. This was classic 1960s black and white TV. I was okay with Daleks, but Cybermen were scary.
1: Mm. Yeah, those 60s ones, uh, 1960s ones had really blank faces. They were kind yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really liked them. They thought they were really cool when they got more roboty, but they look like um, people in silver painted socks. So <laughs> yeah, but they were creepy. Yes, I'd yeah, give it that." Uh, we heard from Martin Gray and he said uh, Paul's the wood gnome arch enemy a eucalyptus, and sent us a YouTube clip and a picture of a um, yeah uh, some
0: sort of (laughs) freaky yeah
1: I'm not going to play that clip it looks too the picture looks too
0: creepy there seems to be like a surprise looking little toy gnome and then some plant monster woman behind him (laughs) Yeah, very odd. Someone
1: with a face made of potatoes or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I I will check that clip out later. I haven't had a chance to yet, but um, thanks, Martin. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Morbid chimed in with two episodes of the classic Twilight Zone. The first one was about wax statues of famous murderers coming alive, and the second was about Hitler. His shadow moving along at the end scared the shit out of me for some reason. Oh, I haven't uh, seen either of those ones. but uh, Yeah,
1: sounds like a valid fear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we heard from uh, Justice Trek, the podcast, which is Ted, and he said, 1972 US telefilm Gargoyles. Uh, I'm not familiar with that, but uh, I can imagine there are gargoyles that are yes. evil and not the wacky cartoon. It's not wacky, no. it's Beloved. That Beloved. It,
0: that, that was a cool cartoon. Yes, it's a shame that the 70s, gave was scary. Anyway, uh, Robot J, uh, who is at R-J-J-X-J-J-R on the Twitters, uh, chimed in with the movie The Car, where the devil was a car that ran people over.
1: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful in its simplicity. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, it gives you a new meaning to the word, get behind me, Satan. Um, <laughs> Frack, Frack, yes. Frack at Fractures our other favourite doctor yes. he said at Jaws I was way too young when I saw it and I had nightmares for weeks after my heart still pounds when I watch the scene at night where they are drunken singing and three barrels pop up uh, the music starts, the barrel starts speeding towards the boat. Uh, and he did lots of emojis of fear. Um yeah, Jaws my son is scared to death of Jaws and all he has seen of it is the poster. So Wow, hmm. okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tyrion, hey. Eh? Uh, Clinton Robson at Coffee and Comics blog chimed in with two things for sure. One, the music that went along with the read along records for the Gremlins. Oh. Um, to that fucking tree in Poltergeist.
1: is <laughs> in the Gremlins music, like.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, Maybe that's the one that scares Clinton.
1: Oh, okay. Oh. Sorry, Clinton. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Clinton.
0: Sorry. Um, we heard from
1: Cash Flag at Reba 2 and it looks like a picture of the Jaws poster—the very oh, one that no. scares my son. Scares him. Lots of people were scared yeah. of Jaws. Mm,
0: yeah. Don't don't show that to you, your son. Uh, Professor Harbinger chimed in with Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. All of it. Now, I find that... Well, look, I'll admit, I'm a fan of Ralph Bakshi's work. Um, He's kind of like a... He's an animator. Probably most famously known for doing the animated version of The Lord of the Rings. Back in the late 70s, early 80s, I think it was. Yeah. And Wizards was this weird sci-fi, post-apocalyptic thing um, and yeah, it was really weird and kind of creepy but wow I didn't think it would have that effect on anyone um, interesting uh,
1: never seen it um, we heard from Jeffrey Brown at Zeo and he said uh, watching Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula as a kid chilled me to the bone uh, and also an episode of Batman the Animated Series Series 2 episode Moon of the Wolf and also watching oh. the Troll 2 like, get your fears in order mate
0: it's a it lot was. of them there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, this next responder, uh, I'm not sure what to make of their Twitter handle. It looks like... Um, eyeballs. Sort of, eye, eyeballs, some sort of centipede, monster eyeballs thing. Uh, but they chimed in with Jason, Freddy, Extro, Witchboard, and Hellraiser1. Ah. Uh, yes. That's a lot of them there. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, that reminds me of the video store when I was young. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and Lava Hog sent us a clip of uh, something called Chica the Rainmaker, which is some sort of children's thing that uh, uh, obviously had a deep impact on him.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, for those that haven't seen the clip, um, it's imagine Thunderbird, Marionette, but a creepy looking guy called Chico sitting in a tree singing about how he makes it rain. Mm, okay, very odd. yes mm-hmm. uh, we then heard from GC at GHC 1313 who chimed in quite as a nun when they aired the armchair thriller version on mystery on PBS. The Black Nun reveal is terrifying even if you aren't 12 years old. Oh. Uh, GC gave us a, a, a YouTube link to the, the clip which I haven't watched yet, but um, I will check that out like, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm feeling brave.
1: Right. Next, we heard from uh, Love My Pirates. At Love My Pirates, and they said the Wheelers in Return to Oz, uh, R O U S in The Princess Bride, and the the rats of unusual size. Size. Uh, yep. Yes. Yep. Uh, Judge Doom when he shows that he's a tune <laughs> from uh, Roger Rabbit. Yep. And, and in E. T. when the scene where the men in hazmat suits come into Elliot's house. Uh, wow. Yes. Wow. wow. So that's a child child of the eighties there.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Uh Sylvester Jenkins Junior uh chimed in with the death of Captain Marvel. I didn't think that superheroes could die like that. Aliens, supervillain plots, wars, I understood. But cancer, that changed my worldview as a youngster. Wow, really? that's that's a deep one. Yeah. Thanks, that's Sylvester. Heavy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, we heard from Jonathan Dye at Changing Shades, and he said, Large Marge from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Fair yes, call. Fair mm-hmm. call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Mashcast at mash4077cast, uh, aka Rob Kelly, chimed in with uh, a clip to uh, the 1978 film uh, Magic, which has the soul-stealing ventriloquist dummy.
1: Ah, yes, that old thing.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, and that is very creepy.
1: <laughs> uh over on the facebook we heard from jack Bennett, and he said when i was a little kid i used to bury my face for the scene in star wars episode four or star wars as i called it when i was a kid uh when luke comes home to find his aunt and uncle's charred corpses lying in the dirt and i wouldn't look up until someone gave me the all clear that the scene was over oh uh, jack oh dear yeah <laughs> Yeah, that, I mean, that is a disturbing scene that uh, gets, uh, well, Luke isn't that affected. I don't know why you are. (laughs) Jack, I used to work with
0: Jack, uh, and as we would often say uh, throughout the day, Jack, stoicism. Stoicism, my friend. Uh, We also heard from Craig Mack, who said, uh, two films traumatized me as a kid, Gremlins and The Dark Crystal. Yeah, I I can see that happening if you were young enough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, our friend Jared Driscoll said Master Blaster from the Road Warrior what are you watching Road Warrior as a child Jared <laughs> good grief that film is way too intense yes yes wow
0: okay Paul what uh, fictional thing terrified you as a child
1: well d- don't judge me but uh, I think witchy Pooh from HR's puff and stuff scared the crap out of me when i was at the right age wow really yeah, in, my, in my 30s no <laughs> yeah no i always found witchy poo very disturbing when i was very little Wow, and, okay. um, watching the show like in my teens i was like what was i thinking <laughs> But that—that that is the power of a child's imagination mm. so yeah wow. don't knock it okay w- what about That's you
0: right. M- mine is a two-part answer uh, uh, it, um, God. In general, the thing that terrified me as a child was Doctor Who because um, the story I've been told is that when I was a toddler um, and my mother was preparing dinner for the family, she would just prop me up and put on Doctor Who as something to keep me entertained and she knew when the show was over because a very young Michael would scream whenever the final monster appeared on screen, just before the credits.
1: Ah. Yeah. To the the point...
0: uh, Yeah, so I think she even joked that she could set her clock by it. Um, Wow. Yeah, because it was like, right on cue, hey, if Mike's screaming the show's over, that means it's whatever it was, 6.30 or whatever. In specifically, from Doctor Who, um, the Sea Devils. Oh, okay. Which, if you imagine, I guess... um, a bipedal turtle without the shell a
1: bit of seaweed dressing
0: yeah 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 Uh, I think it's because of those bastards that I have never liked reptiles in my entire life I think they scarred me for life there's just something about them coming walking up out of the water you know and uh, there was something in my tiny child brain that was just like no this this is not right this is not cool this cannot be um <laughs> and yeah i to this day i am not a fan of reptiles oh. um, so thanks mom thanks dad
1: <laughs> just, wow yeah. yeah it's it's interesting how um, multi-generational t- terror from doctor who is like um <laughs> My wife, that that was her answer. The the planet of the spiders from oh, Doctor I, Who. Yep, s- yep. Scared the crap out of her. And um, my, I used to work with an older man. Uh, He's probably about twenty years my senior, but he said the thing that scared him as a child was Doctor Who as well. So it's you know it's oh. it's interesting that uh, and hopefully there's kids today being scared by Doctor
0: Who. Oh, for sure,
1: for sure. And uh, people who are sexist being scared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Deary me. Well, we've all learnt something tonight, haven't we? We
1: yeah. have, we have. Yeah. Oh, witchy-poo, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's not like a real fear like moths, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah. Except moths are real and witchy-poo is fictional. Yeah, a, yeah.
1: yeah. The terror is real with a moth.
0: Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, I think we'll start signing off there. Uh, next time on the feed, we will have another episode of DC OCD. What will we be covering next time on that, Paul?
1: Uh, the day of judgment. The Ooh. day of judgment. Not the J of judgment. The J. The day of judgment. <laughs> Which right. is yes. Uh, uh, is a when was that? Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Around then. Yeah. Let's say
0: yes. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> no one's going to fact-check
0: us. though. It's yeah. It's
1: and a 42-part after... series written by God. Um, yeah. Yes.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> no after that, we will be back with more Waiting for Doom, uh, episode 134, in which we will be covering, I believe, the final two issues of the John Byrne run.
1: Oh, not so soon. Ah. <laughs> uh. I was just warming to it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, uh, well uh, you know, sad spoiler alert. Um, it's it ends. So it comes to an end. Yeah,
1: that is sad.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and do we have a uh, uh, question of the week for the next wedding for Doom, Paul?
1: Yes. So the question of the week is: uh, What's the most comics and what were they that you binge read? So, right. Or okay. I could rephrase that as: What's the most comics you've binge read and what were they? So. Okay. Yeah. So, for those of you who have read many, many comics in one go, uh, tell us about it.
0: Hmm. I like to. Yeah. I might need to do some binge reading. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. all right. If you want to send us a response, you can send it to uh, twi- via Twitter at WFD Pod. You can send us an email at waitingfordoom at gmail com. Uh, you can go to the Facebook page and. There's my greatest adventure, 80.blogspot.com, which is the blog about the Doom Patrol provided by the awesome Ducks of visha Ducky. Dougie. So, Dougie, Doug Duck the man. And I think that's all we've got time for now. Or, it is.
0: It is. Or uh, all we
1: have to fill the time, perhaps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks for tuning in again, guys. We'll catch you again next time for more Waiting for Doom.
1: Waiting for Doom.